Welcome back to On The Shelf. Today, as per usual, I have a very special episode that I cannot wait to share with you guys today, an author interview. But not only that, today is extra special because it this is part one of two of an episode series that I'm doing with author Ayas Bell about her shared universe stories. This episode is all about Zombabe, the flagship of her shared universe. I really hope you enjoy because this was so much fun. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome back to On the Shelf. I am so excited to talk to the today's special guest, not once, but twice um, today, right now, I guess. We're recording both of them today, but <laughs> the audience will listen to them a week or a couple weeks apart. But today we are talking about uh, Zombabe, I believe. So I will hand it over to the author, introduce yourself, get us more acquainted with your book, and then we will get into these questions. Awesome. Um, thank you so much for having me. It's good to be on the show. Um, so I'm Is Bell. I write... Um, dark gay young adult books with happy endings and for this episode we're going to be talking about Zombabe which is my debut book it's an LGBT horror young adult book about a gay teenager who gets resurrected by his best friend and secret crush and how the boys and their found family deal with the horrifying consequences very exciting and honestly um I feel like I should have scheduled this better to happen during October but you know what end of August it's spooky season it's you know it's all spooky season it's all spooky season it's all spooky season um all right so our first question it's very much a staple here on the podcast just very silly goofy icebreaker um but if you were a plate what type of plate would you be and just however you interpret the question um, and uh, based upon my interpretation, I did ponder over that for a second. I was like, do they mean food? Do they mean an actual, anyway, I decided on, I would be a bowl. You know, the photo that went around like a few years ago of a bowl with that little house sticking up in the middle. Yes, so like, yeah. Yeah. So that when you filled it with like soup or whatever, there would just be a little island with this tiny yeah. little house on it. That would be, that's me. Oh, that's perfect. I love those. That like unlocked a memory. <laughs> <laughs> So that's awesome. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's an interesting question just to ask people because there are so many different interpretations over just like one word. Mm. But yeah, and I don't think we've ever gotten that specific answer. So that's always really interesting to hear. Um, Thank you. So, no, I did, I did yeah. like wonder about like what possibly what plate. I've never thought, I've never thought about that. So thank you. No, for I know. It's... <laughs> It's such a random question. Like, we're not even totally sure who came up with it. It's like, it's just been inherited into the podcast from um, our local independent bookstore. So, you know, it's it's just one of those things we have to ask authors. Um, but yeah, so our next question is another kind of icebreaker. If you had a meal with one of your characters, who would you pick and what type of meal would you share with them? Um, this this was another hard one to pick. I like, I I love all my children. You know, there's a lot of point of views. Um, in Zombie, I think there's like six point of views, mm -hmm. with like five of them being characters that you're supposed to like. You know, like. Um, <laughs> but I, in terms of who I would like gel with in real life, I feel like, like Jules would be the most easy to talk to. 
mm-hmm. um especially if we'd just met she's the one who would just be immediately like yep we can we can chat we can go I think everyone else would be a bit more like standoffish you know they haven't really had yeah. to make you know new friends ever um yeah I think I'd share like I'd want to share something like fun or weird that she hadn't like tried before like maybe something fancy I don't know I think it would just be a good time yeah and that's also just like a fun question we have a, uh one that's kind of along similar similar lines a bit later in uh you know the line of questioning um so we will kind of circle back to that at the end so getting into kind of our second section of questions it's all kind of the scaffolding that goes into making a book. So I'm really interested in hearing about like what your main inspiration was when it came to creating this world and creating these characters. I mean, the biggest inspiration, like I would never have written this book if I didn't um, get really into Stephen King's It. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, so just before the second movie came out, I, I like, I (laughs) saw, So how I actually got into it was I saw like an edit on like Tumblr, which hinted that like they were making Richie, like a, a character in it, Richie gay in this adaption. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Oh, that's mm-hmm. fun. And then I just, I went to watch the, I went to like the midnight premiere of it chapter two. And then I just got obsessed. I got like, I read the book. I watched the miniseries. I watched both the movies. Um, and I just went down a whole rabbit hole. Um I just got consumed with the idea of like this group of like, I mean, in Zombie, it's teenagers um, mm-hmm. who would just kill and die for each other. And they're facing something horrible and monstrous in their claustrophobic little hometown. Um, yeah. And obviously um, it's a lot gayer than, you know, it's well, whatever version of it is gayer than, than that. Interesting. I don't know. So I really don't know that much about Stephen King, but I mean, I think I also heard kind of those, the rumors and things like that over the internet. Um, But I don't know. That's it. just interesting of how you took something so established and kind of was like, well, I could do that. I just, what if we just made it gayer? So that's honestly- What if we just made it teenage and gay? uh, I mean, honestly, that's kind of amazing. Um. So another question, again, kind of along the same lines of what goes into your writing. I'm, um, and you know, we already kind of talked about Stephen King. I'm wondering who are some authors that you think have most impacted your writing and the types of stories you wanted to tell? Right question. Um, leads me to a question for you. Did you read, when you were a kid, did you read um, Animals? I didn't. I think those were like slightly before me, yeah. but I know of animals. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think um they were they were slightly before me as well, but I like they were always in secondhand shops. You just go into a yeah. secondhand shop or you go into the library and they'd just be like some bizarre collective they'd be like book one, three, seven, thirty-two, you know? Yeah. And you'd just mm-hmm. like read whatever you got at the moment. Um so KA Applegate wrote that series back in the nineties. Um, it's out of print now, but it's in every secondhand shop you walk into. Mm-hmm. Um, so Animorphs is this horrific middle grade series <laughs> that like people forget how like messed up it is. And then they read it and they're like, oh my God, these children are going through like massive, they're getting their limbs chopped off every book mm-hmm. and then regrowing them. Anyway, so it's about this like this ride or die found family trying to fight the good fight. And instead they end up like committing horrific war crimes because that's what happens when you shove a bunch of children into like a secret war. Um, yeah, the series was like horrific and traumatizing and these poor children went through so much. Uh, but you also had all this 
the, all these great 90s references just constantly it was it was oh it was so much every book just all this like Xena stuff and just it was great and um Baywatch for some reason all these children <laughs> were watching Baywatch and there was just so much banter and these kids who just love each other so much through all this like horror um and they were just really the blueprint for everything I write nowadays like every everything stems from Animorphs no that's really interesting because I feel like that is kind of not Animorphs specifically, because that would be crazy, but kind of a common thread of authors of like, there's that one series from their childhood yeah. that just shaped everything. Just and me. <laughs> I mean, the covers alone of Animorphs are like their own whole thing. It, it, and like, in the you know, we, like we all joke about lol, the covers, the covers were hilarious. The covers were like really bad graphics of like children turning into animals. Yeah. But like in the, you read the book and it's like, um, I'm trying not to gag, um, which is easy because I now don't have a mouth. And like, it's it's like, it's truly horrific. Um, but it's like written in like a very middle grade thing and they're not allowed to swear. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, and then they go hang out at like McDonald's at the end of the book after they just had to like doom their like comrade to like an eternal um, hell as you do. And they're like, wow. That was wild. That anyway, was wild. <laughs> like, anyway yeah. on to the next thing. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, okay. <laughs> so moving on from Animorphs. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering, what do you think is the best writing advice you've ever received? And if you could go back in time to when and talk to your younger self when you were starting out on your writing journey, what would you tell your younger self? Um, To just keep going. If a chapter is like, I used to always get stuck on like, oh, I can't figure out how to end this chapter. Just skip it. Just write unfinished in the chapter, like, you know, document title. Because I break all my, like, I put every chapter in a different document and then just keep track of it that way. Um, You can just skip it and come back to it later. Just, you just got to get the words down. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I don't know. I think that's just really great advice in general. Because I think a lot of people that are trying to get into writing they see the complete story and they think like, I have to write this completely linearly or yeah. else. Um, and it's like, nothing bad will happen if you just come back to it later. But it's, I don't know, just good advice all around. Um, so next question, a little bit more about you. I'm wondering, have you always wanted to be a writer? Is this something that's just kind of happened as you've gone through life? Um, how do you balance your writing with your regular life? Is this something like, you would want to do full-time do you do it full-time anything kind of like that um I'm gonna answer the how do I balance it with regular life first so I um I work two days a week in a bookshop and the rest of the time I write um and the way I can afford to do that is not because I'm making so much money with my books like I I just published my first book last year there's no way that I can make enough money to survive (laughs) with that you know um but my my landlord is my aunt who like rents this place out to me and like our friend group from high school who she mm-hmm. you know has known for a very long time and like trusts and stuff um for very very cheap um it's like a third of the market rent cost of you know, the city I live in and that's how I can afford to do that so I'm just I'm I try to write every day I don't think that's a hard and fun if you don't have to write every day I'm just doing it because I have some I have deadlines that I need to do um 
and it's it's a lot but I'm really enjoying it um and I hope that I can continue doing it into the future um and then have I always known I wanted to be a writer um yeah I have always known I've never doubted that I would write books I have known for a long time I would probably not do it for a living even if I could afford mm -hmm. to do it I would still probably want to you know work in a bookshop a few days a week just to like get out of the house and like yeah engage with the community like I think working in a bookshop can be a great way to engage with like your local literary community like we do a lot of book launches and book events and that kind of thing um but yeah I always knew I would write books and publish books like multiple books um because I'm I knew I was never going to stop writing like I can't mm -hmm. and I'm decent at it and most importantly I'm very very stubborn I think that's like one of the biggest things and how to like you know keep doing arts like break into whatever industry you're in you just got to be really really stubborn you either have to be very very lucky or very very stubborn and most likely a combination of the two oh that's really interesting thank you for sharing like part of your writing journey it's only the beginning I'm sure um and just all of the good stuff I mean you know we're about to have a whole other interview about your other <laughs> novellas and books and all of that stuff coming up so um yeah so all right so the next question we're getting into the actually kind of book centric questions now again we're not getting into anything too spoiler heavy just trying just kind of scratching the surface scratching the interest of listeners to just kind of uh get a sneak peek so this next question might be kind of weird because I think I wrote it when I when I phrased it I wrote it kind of weirdly um but I'm wondering like how did you choose what aspects of like the quote-unquote zombie lore which comes with like bringing someone back from the dead um you wanted to play with and just what aspects of like bringing in the supernatural kind of like the weird the eerie to this world you created like kind of how did you decide what boundaries you wanted to make with uh the rules of this world um when it came to like supernatural stuff I think for me and also just like in horror in general I think it's a lot more horrifying when like it's not really explained like you have like mm -hmm. hard and fast rules yeah you don't really you, like no one sits you down and goes well this is how it works um yeah I am having to do that a bit more with the sequel which is not out yet because I am expanding some more into like magic stuff that can happen I'm having to be like well here are some more rules um <laughs> which to me honestly does feel like less less scary you know it's always more scary mm -hmm. when like you just don't it's all just you know you just don't know um but yeah so I just went with what freaked me out and it's not like it's not traditional like zombie lore with like the zombie yeah. aspect like like his limbs aren't falling off or like rotting yeah. or whatever he, he looks and acts like a normal dude and then he gets hungrier and hungrier until he goes feral and eats somebody and then there's that whole like exchange of like um oh I've never had to explain the magic system out loud before oh my sorry God. about that <laughs> that's all good no it's they live in like this horrible like kind of poison town which kind of has mm -hmm. this um sacrificial thing of like the people are kind of poisonous towards each other and that fuels the town and there's this deep dark power kind of underneath it that if you tap into it you can resurrect someone but there are dire mm -hmm. consequences and you must pay them like you mm -hmm. have to you know you can't just get something for free you gotta yeah. give something yeah and in this case it is you gotta eat some people well I don't know yeah I don't know I feel like that's 
fair, I guess, concern. Very, very typical, like, resurrection. Like, there's very rarely, like, a resurrect someone, you're good, you're good. Yeah, I mean, it happens, exactly. But, like, it happens in, like, uh, um, I don't know, shows that, or, like, books that, like, don't really want to deal with, the, like, a, like, a kid's show or something that doesn't really want to deal with the consequence or, like, you know, we need a happy ending, so we're just going to stop there. Yeah, like, you know, there's going to have to be some consequences of doing these types of, like, wild actions. Yeah, Um, yeah, I don't know. Well, thank you for sharing the magic system. Uh, I don't know if I would have asked the questions if I knew, like, you had never explained it before of, like, putting you on the spot like that. Um, But thank you for sharing anyway. So, um, as you mentioned, there's, like, six seven points of view there's there's lots of people talking kind of all at once on top of each other um so that makes this next question a little bit difficult um but so I'll just say expand it to just characters in general so normally we ask who's your favorite character outside of the extended cast but with so many (laughs) people talking um I'll just say did you have a favorite character to write like you know when you got to their POV it was an extra special little treat or anything like that um I I was curious about this question because I wasn't sure if you meant out of the main characters or like out of not everyone but the main characters um I guess out of like people I wrote for point of views my favorite point of view was probably dude because he's just so like Mm -hmm. I mean he just has all of it kind of like simmering underneath and like I mean babe does but in a whole other different way he's like a lot more like mm-hmm. I'm fine I'm fine I'm totally fine everything's great yeah. and doing much more of a like it's chill man we're totally fine mm-hmm. and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna pet this dog and just some horrible shit's happening I'm gonna go work out everything <laughs> all fine I'm gonna go have a little cry um and that was very fun he was he's like he's a very tender yeah it's very fun to like um have him be tender in all these like little tiny hidden ways especially when you're writing like about a guy I feel like guy characters they don't get a huge amount like that many chances to be like really tender to like Mm -hmm. you know just the world and their friends and dude was just such a like he just really loves a lot of things very deeply Mm -hmm. no but that's awesome um and now that you kind of mentioned it. I'm going to ask the question the other way. Do you have a favorite character out of just like the people like that weren't um, like narrators, I guess? Yeah, yeah, I love Millie. I really love Millie. She's just such a, she's, she's, um, I don't want to say messed up, but they're, they're all messed up. But like, she's just so deeply alone. Yeah. And like <laughs> anxious and like traumatized. And she just so desperately like, tries to make her world into like a nice place mm-hmm. and it's so hard <laughs> and like and then she finally gets some friends like some real life friends that like she can like open up to and like you know and I was just so happy for <laughs> I got really emotional about it um I remember I think the first person who read Zombie when it was when it before it got published like one of the editors she was like oh yeah I cried when like Millie like you know got to you know get friends and stuff and I was like oh good <laughs> That's great. Just, oh yeah, she's. So, I love it when like characters who are like so isolated and have been isolated for so long that have nothing else, and they finally get friends, and you're like, yes. You I know, like you, you just get to watch them be happy, and it's just yeah. so, it's just so nice. It's um, so 
Yeah. All right. So again, because there's so many like narrators in this book that makes this next question, I'm going to rephrase it a little bit. Um, do you think if you met your protagonist, you would get along with them? Um, so the protagonist is Babe, who is the boy who gets resurrected. Yeah. Um, I think we would be a little bewildered by each other. I think like, because I'm assuming it's just we meet and we don't really know each other. Yeah, um, either you go into the world you created or he comes to our world. Okay. Um, and it's just it's just very like different circumstances. Um yeah. of like because I feel like we would act differently towards each other depending on because if I just meet him in the street, who knows? Anyway, like he's he's very high strung and he pretends he's not, and he's really mm-hmm. not he's not good at opening up to new people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think and also he's a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> there's always like you know grain of salt um it's always interesting talking to teens um I think after it after like he stopped only just you know being able to make small talk um we would get along to a certain degree yeah oh that's always really interesting um to ask because there's such a wild like range of answers um Mm -hmm. because it really goes from they would see me and they would hate me and yeah. we would just never speak to each other to like, we would see each other and we would be best friends just immediately. So I don't know. I feel like that kind of floats in the middle. Like you, you would get along, but it would be, yeah. it would be like, interesting. <laughs> yeah. Cause the thing is all my main characters are teenagers. Yeah. And like, I, I have friends. Yeah. Yeah. I have friends. I've had to think about it. I have friends who are teenagers and I think they're lovely. Um, but it's very much the sense of like, you know, like a like a little sibling kind of thing of like, yeah. you're such a cool person. I really enjoy hanging out with you. But also there's this very, very big thing in my head that's a weird, like, you're going to be a very different person when you're like 25. And yeah. like, I think that person's going to be amazing. But also you got a long way to go. You know? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So we have two questions left. We end every single interview with these two questions. Um, and the first of which is because the show's called on the shelf, this question is what's on your shelf? What are you currently reading? What am I currently reading? Oh man, I'm reading something on Kindle. I really should be reading nice. that, but I, I haven't been because I've been writing so much. I mean, that's fair. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it's part, I do like, you gotta, you gotta read to write. Yeah. But also I'm, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm writing so goddamn much. Anyway. I'm reading We're All Monsters Here by Amy Marsden. It is a adult book. It's a sapphic vampire um, mm. romp. And there's there's a lot of murder and a decent amount of sex. I'm enjoying it. It's a fun time. I haven't finished it yet. Um, but it's a very fun time and I would recommend it. But what is um, um, some books that I read recently that I really loved is um, Pitch You by Camry Kohler. I read that a few months ago. Um it is a weird witchy horror book for adults. It's described as Twilight for Dirtbags. And I didn't understand that until I was like a third of the way through. I'm like, oh shit, here we go. Um, I loved it so deeply. I didn't know if I was going to enjoy the main character. And then by the end of the book, I was almost crying with my deep love for her. And oh, wow. it's, it's very gory. And it's mm-hmm. very, the found family is on point. The found family is perfect. I love them all so much. Um, would recommend. Um, I also read Bunny by S. E. Tolson, mm-hmm. which is a horror book. Um, it's about <clears throat> it is about this couple 
who goes to stay with the guy's um, mother and aunt for three weeks and the mother and aunt are being, um, they've spent the last several decades kind of um, stewing in um, addiction and also demonic possession. And it gets really, really, really dark. This is, I usually don't read horror this dark. I usually read like, can be fun, gross horror. This is like upsetting, really upsetting dark horror. Um, oh, wow. So like, like I, there's this character, I re- and you, it gets you really attached to the characters. You really care about them. Um, but you have to go in being prepared to be sad. And it's 100% worth it. Really well written. Really, like, good time. But also, I was so upset. <laughs> um, <laughs> so if you like upsetting, gross um, horror that gets you really attached, attached to the characters, go read Bunny by S.E. Tolson. Um, I also read At the Foot of the Cherry Tree by Ali Parker, which is a new book out from an Australian author based on a true story so the author's grandparents were um um, her dad was an Australian soldier who went over to Japan at the end of World War II and then he fell in love with and got married to a Japanese woman and then they wouldn't let her in into Australia because they were trying Mm. to keep Australia white and they had to go through a Mm -hmm. lot of um legal stuff and a lot of like talking to important people you know please let my wife in the country you know Mm -hmm. um and obviously they eventually succeeded and now they have a granddaughter who has now wrote, written this book about them. It's selling really well over in Australia and I really enjoyed it. It was a really good historical, like, I don't know if I, it was, it focuses on the romance. I don't know if I'd call it a romance, but it's very, it's very good. Um, yeah, those are my, those are my recommendations. Interesting. Well, thank you for sharing what is on your shelf. Um we have one last question and as mentioned we always end our interviews with this because way back when when on the shelf started we were connected to our local independent bookstore in North Carolina so whenever we have authors on we like to give them some time to shout out where they can find you and purchase your book most of all but also at the same time shout out an independent bookstore to support yay so I'm gonna pick my bookstore that I work at for two days a week. Um, so it's Scorpio Books in Christchurch, New Zealand. Um, it's this, it's one of the biggest independent bookshops in New Zealand. Um, I don't know how impressive that is. We're a very small country, but um, they're just a really great um, community hub. They've been going for a very long time. Um, yeah, we're just we just we nestled in the in the center of the city, and yeah, come hang out. We don't do international orders. If I assume most of the people who are listening don't live in New Zealand. But if you do, come hit us up. Yeah. Well, regardless, it's gonna go on the shop small map. So if people are ever in New Zealand, they'll be able to be like, oh, ISPL recommended this bookstore. We should go there right now. And, and I hope she's working there today. She probably won't be. We have a two and seven chance, but we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Who knows? But yeah, so thank you so much for joining me. I know we're literally going to be talking 10 minutes from now about your novellas, but still just thank you so much for joining me and talking about Zombabe. I really enjoyed this. Yeah, I really enjoyed this. Um, Just learning a bit more about all the stuff that went into making this book. And for listeners, I highly recommend you go check out all of ISPO's work, first of all, but most importantly, Zombabe, because that's what we're talking about. Um, but yeah, just thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for setting me up. It was very nice to get your email. 
Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoyed. And if you did, please take a moment to give us a rating on whatever podcast platform you listen on so even more people can find and hopefully enjoy on the shelf. Links for Zombabe will be down in the show notes below from an array of bookstores, as well as where you can find ISBell and on the shelf on Instagram to, st- to stay informed about literally all things books. Stay tuned for part two of this interview series all about the novella Baby Love series. Until next time, I'm Honora Quinn, and this is On the Shelf. Thank you.